0: catching you up on the latest stories that you should know from around the Sunshine State heading into this Tuesday morning, January 24th. I'm Sarah Sowers, and this is The Point from WUFT News. In 36 states, sports betting is legal. However, Florida is not one of them. For some former athletes and college students alike, The practice has become addictive and difficult to keep up with. I spoke with WUFT's Alexis Ashby about her special report, Behind the Bet, to get a better understanding of just how much money is behind the industry and the University of Florida students that participate illegally. When talking about the people that are involved in this, can you explain a little bit more Um, About the terminology that is used and the relationships between the people that are involved in the sports betting
1: The way that these illegal books work is it's almost like a pyramid like operation so at the bottom ring is the agent and that is who interacts directly with The betters and he's the one who will Venmo them or give them cash at the end of the week or who will accept payments from the betters if they go down Um, and then above him is the backer. And this person is, it's most likely that they are not someone at the University of Florida or someone that even the agent knows. This is someone who is in charge of the website or works with the offshore website to run this book. And he will essentially back all of the money that the agent gives out. So let's say a better goes up one week and he wins a thousand dollars and the agent has to pay a thousand dollars out well that money doesn't come directly from his pocket that will come from the backers pocket so when they have to pay it all comes from the backer but when someone goes down and they're they're making money for the week then those profits are split between the backer and the agent Um, and it could be multiple agents most likely is and then if the book is even If the book is big enough in size, there are sub-agents as well who work below the agent. So um, it all depends on the size, the number of people in the book, but it is that basic pyramid-like structure. And when we're talking about the money,
0: how much money is on the line for the people that participate in this? And where is
1: it all coming from? So that was a big question I had, too, because... um, I wanted to know how much people actually were spending doing this. And I talked to some people and they were spending upwards of $25,000 per week betting on, on these sports. So that's not how much they're losing or winning in a week. That is how many, how much money is going towards bets. So maybe it ends up being, um, less than that, or they pretty much cancel out. But I had talked to one guy who in one bet had made $9,000 and, um, some of the bookies will be transferring thousands of dollars per week. So it's not just pocket cash. It's large sums of money. But the thing with illegal gambling is that it's run on credit. So basically what that means is a bookie will front the money for you at the beginning of the week. And then you will have almost like paying off a credit card. You can spend a certain amount of money. Most people's credit line is $500 and, um, they'll use that to bet throughout the week. And at the end of the week, they're either in the positives or negatives, and that's when they need to pay. And a lot of where the betters money was coming from was jobs that they'd picked up to be able to fund this, just money that they had gotten through work. And then also one guy that I was talking to, which is kind of ironic, just complete opposite ends of the spectrum that these things come from. But he was saying that he has Florida prepaid and he also gets bright futures. So instead of that bright futures money going directly towards school, it's directly deposited in his bank account. And he was saying that he uses some of that to fund his sports betting. So it was kind of ironic and crazy to think about. That's
0: wild. So thinking about sports betting on these college campuses and what it looks like in Florida and as an illegal activity and kind of a thrilling one at the same time, can you talk about gambling as being addictive or did that come up in your in your investigation.
1: Yeah, so that was one of the things that I was super curious about, like just how addicting is this? Because when we think of addictions, I think it's easy to think of alcohol or um, different chemicals, drugs, but we do know that sports betting and gambling is a an addiction and something that can lead to very terrible consequences. So I wanted to investigate um, just how addicting these practices are. And what I learned through talking mostly with um, Dr. Jeff Dervensky, he is a professor of psychology and psychiatry at McGill University and does a lot of studies for the Florida Council on Compulsive Gambling and also some national studies and studies throughout the entire world. He said that college-age students, specifically male, are at a higher risk for developing a gambling addiction in general. Um, And so this is already a pretty vulnerable population when we think of ability to become addicted to this. But also, sports betting isn't just something that you can do at one time in the week. It's not like, okay, Sunday's here and now it's time to sports bet. There are so many different games and different avenues that people can use to bet on it doesn't stop. And there's always that constant reinforcement that it's like, okay, if I'm down a little bit of money, then maybe I can bet a little more to get it back. Um, and then also just the accessibility to it in general. Now everyone can access it on their phone. There's, there's no escape. And I think that this is kind of a unique problem for this generation because in the past when people would sports bet, let's say 30 years ago, these were not avenues that you could use, but Now it's just become so prevalent and there's so many avenues that people can do it on that it is scary to think about some of the consequences that could come from that.
0: So then can you tell me, are there ways that sports betting is legal? And what might those avenues look like?
1: Some of the big, like FanDuel is big in the sphere as a big sports betting company and same with DraftKings and back in 2009 when FanDuel started, they made the argument that they were just involved in fantasy sports at the time because Eugea cracked down on illegal betting, and it was still illegal in most of the states. So they said, okay, we're just gonna do fantasy sports. And basically with that, you can like make your own team and it's classified as a game of skill. And so that wasn't touched on by the laws and that was legal in the United States. But now it's like with sports betting, it is legally seen as a game of luck. So even when people think that like, maybe they can outsmart it at the end of the day, like. The definition under the law is not entirely luck, but enough to make it classified as as gambling, which is essentially you're betting on an unknown outcome. Tell me, who is impacted by this problem right now? I think that's a big question and something that we're still discovering as it's talked more about in the news. Um, But mostly it's a lot of college students, everyone pretty much who is involved in sports betting, but also family members, because um, it was interesting to talk to. His name is Jeff Daravinsky, and he is someone who specializes in addictive behaviors, specifically in adolescence, and he was saying how every problem gambler negatively impacts anywhere from seven to ten other people. And so it's not just the students that are heard from in the video, it's also their parents, family members, friends, um, and just the nation as a whole because it hasn't really been talked about how addicting this can be, but it's definitely something that I saw as I, I talked to other people.
0: And as we wrap up, was there a common theme behind the gambling and the betting that your sources relayed to you?
1: Gambling is defined as a game of luck, so even though people think that maybe they can outsmart the game this time, you don't know for sure what the odds are. So it could go anyway, any week. And some people I talked to had gone down $500 three weeks in a row. And then one person had won $9,000 in one week. So there's no definitive, this person is really good at betting they're winning. It's just a game of luck. And one thing that Dr. Daravinsky was telling me that it becomes problematic for especially college age kids is that a lot of the people that are betting, they come in, they had played sports in high school, they know sports well, they think that because they know so much about it that they can outsmart the game, but you talk to these kids who maybe were great athletes in high school and know a lot about it and watch tons of games, they still are going down exorbitant amounts because you can't, you just can't outsmart luck, you know, and at the end of the day, a lot of it is luck.
0: That was WUFT reporter Alexis Ashby talking about illegal sports betting and her special report, Behind the Bet. To watch videos and read her full story, visit WUFT.org. Now for today's top headlines. The Florida Supreme Court rejected requests to halt a law preventing abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy Monday. The News Service of Florida reports the decision will keep the law in effect until the court can rule on underlying issues in the case. If the Supreme Court rules that privacy laws do not cover abortion, it could clear the way for additional restrictions on abortion in Florida. Eligibility for one of the state's most popular scholarships could widen, according to a bill filed last week. Florida Politics reports new legislation would add pre-advanced placement courses into consideration of Bright Futures Scholarships, elevating prestige and eligibility. In the last 35 years, more than $8 billion have been given out in Bright Futures Scholarships. Fans had one final run down Splash Mountain in Florida's Disney World on Sunday before it closed for good. NPR reports Disney began renovations Monday, as the ride will transform into Tiana's Bayou Adventure and reopen in 2024. Three years ago, Disney announced it would reimagine the ride after controversy on its ties to the 1946 movie Song of the South. Splash Mountain had been in operation since 1992. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org to subscribe and view our most recent issues. I'm Sarah Sowers, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Tuesday.